Hare Krishna everyone, so we are continuing with Civilization and Transcendence by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada And this is Shravanam Diaries Podcast, I'm your host Sulalita Devidasi And we are starting the next chapter called Civilization means regulation Pushta Krishna May I ask the next question Srila Prabhupada? Quote Are fasting and other dietary regulations necessary for leading a spiritual life? Unquote. Srila Prabhupada Certainly. For advancement in spiritual life, such tapasya is essential. Tapasya means voluntary accepting something which may be painful. For instance, We are recommending no illicit sex, no intoxication, no gambling, and no meat-eating. So those who are accustomed to these bad habits, for them, in the beginning, it may be a little difficult. But in spite of this difficulty, one has to do it. That is tapasya. To rise early in the morning, For those who are not practiced, it's a little painful, but one has to do it. So, according to the Vedic injunctions, there are some tapasyas that must be done. It is not, I may do it or not do it. These austerities must be done. For example, in the Mundaka Upanishad, It is ordered that if one wants to become self-realized, one must approach a spiritual master. So there is no question of optional, it must be done. And one must carry out the order of the spiritual master and the order of the Shastra or scripture. When you follow without consideration of whether it is convenient or inconvenient, simply because it must be done, that is called tapasya. Tapo divyam. Like other great spiritual authorities, Rishabha Deva orders that this human life is meant for austerity, aimed toward realizing God. Therefore, in our Vedic civilization, we find so many rules and regulations. At the very beginning of life, one must be a brahmachari. He must go to the spiritual master's place and act like a menial servant. If the spiritual master says, Go and pick up some wood from the forest. One must one may be one must be one may be a king's son, but he cannot refuse the spiritual master's order. He must go. Even Krishna was ordered by his spiritual master to go and pick up some dry wood from the forest. So he had to go. Although his father was Nanda Maharaja, a village Vaishya king, and although Krishna was the personality of Godhead himself, 
Still, he could not refuse. He had to go. Nichavat, just like a menial servant. This is Brahmacharya, spiritual student life. This is Tapasya. Tapasya is so essential that one has to do it. There is no question of an alternative. After Brahmachari life, one may marry. This means he enters Grihastha life, household life. That is also tapasya. He cannot have sex whenever he likes, no. The Shastra says, quote, You must have sex like this, once in a month, and only for begetting children. Unquote. So that is also tapasya. People do not follow any tapasya at the present moment, but human life is meant for tapasya, regulative principles. Even in ordinary affairs, let us say you are driving your car or some urgent business and you see a red light, you have to stop. You cannot say, I have to be there in a few minutes, I must go. No, you must stop. That is tapasya. So tapasya means following the regulative principles strictly, according to the higher order. And that is human life. Animal life, however, means you can do whatever you like. On the road, animals may keep to the right or keep to the left, it doesn't matter. Their irregularity is not taken as an offense, because they are animals. But if a human being does not follow the regulative principles, he is sinful, he'll be punished. Consider the same example. When there is a red light, if you do not stop, you'll be punished. But if a cat or dog transgresses, never mind the red light, I must go. He must not be punished. He's not punished. So, tapasya is meant for the human being. He must do it, if he at all wants to make progress in life. It is essential. Pushta Krishna. And so, Srila Prabhupada, tapasya includes dietary regulations? Srila Prabhupada, that is also tapasya. For example, we prohibit meat eating. So in your country, this is a little troublesome. From the very beginning of life, a child is habituated to eating meat. The mother purchases powdered meat and mixes it with liquid and feeds to the infant. I have seen it. So practically everyone has been brought up eating meat. Yet I say, don't eat meat. Therefore, that is troublesome. But if one is serious about becoming self-realized, one must accept the order. That is tapasya. Well, so 50 years later now, vegetarianism and veganism is so, so common in America and in other countries. So right now it's not too much of a tapasya, so that's very nice, <laughs> very convenient. 
Mm. Yeah, come to think of it, only how many years ago? 30 years ago. In Soviet Union, Vaishnavas, devotees, they were persecuted because they were becoming vegetarians. And like Soviet doctors, and like basically people, the government, they would put them in jails and they would literally um, try to take their children away because they considered that they're depriving their kids from nutritious values of meat. True story, true story. So back then it was like real big tapasya, but nowadays it's a it's a big level up. <laughs> Jay. Tapasya applies to diet, to personal behavior, to dealings with others, and so on and so forth. In every aspect of life, there is tapasya. That is all described in the Bhagavad Gita. Mental tapasya, bodily tapasya, verbal tapasya, controlling, vacho vegam the urge to speak loosely or whimsically. You cannot talk nonsense. If you talk, you must talk about Krishna. That is tapasya. There is also tapasya in connection with krodha vegam, the urge to become or to express one's anger. Mm -hmm. If one becomes angry, and wants to express it by beating someone or doing something very violent, tapasya will restrict him. No, don't do it. There is also tapasya with regards to the tongue, belly and genitals. One cannot eat anything and everything or at any time he pleases. Nor can one have sex freely, but only according to scriptural injunctions. Quote, I am sexually inclined, but I cannot do it. This is not the time. Unquote. That is tapasya. So, one should practice tapasya in every way. In body, mind, words, personal behavior, and dealings with others. That is human life. Tapo divyam. If you want to simply be a human being, and especially if you want to make progress in spiritual life, you must act according to the Shastric injunctions. That means tapasya. Before Brahma could take part in creation, he had to undergo tapasya. Is it not stated in the Shastra? Yes. So. Tapasya is essential, you cannot avoid it. And what is the aim of performing tapasya? The aim is to please the Supreme Lord through the spiritual master. Yasya prasadat bhagavat prasado Quote, One can attain the mercy of the Lord by attaining the mercy of the spiritual master." Unquote. This is the idea. Now, in today's educational institutions, who is teaching this tapasya? Where is the school or college? 
The students are even smoking in front of their teacher, and it is tolerated. No offense. What can you expect from such students? This is an animal civilization. This is not human civilization. No tapasya, no brahmachari life. Real civilization means tapo divyam, godly austerity. And this tapasya begins with brahmachari life, learning to control the senses. And that is the beginning of life, not ABCD learning. And maybe your character is less than an animal's, though you have a degree from the university. Quote, Never mind, you become, you have become a learned man. Unquote. No, that is not accepted. Wow, this is a very big point. Your character may be less than an animal's, but you have a degree and you're like a learned man. No, that is not accepted. Even from the standpoint of basic moral instruction, we must ask, who today is educated? The educated person is described by Chanakya Pandita. Matrivat paradareshu paradravyeshu loshtravat atmavat sarvabhuteshu yahpashyati sapandita Quote the educated man sees another's wife as his mother and another's property as untouchable garbage and he sees all others as equal to himself." Unquote. That is Pandita, the learned man, in Bhagavad Gita 5.18. Krishna also describes the Pandita. Vidya Vinaya Sampanne Brahmanega Vihastini Shuni Chaiva Shvapakecha Pandita Samadarshanah. Quote The humble sage, by virtue of true knowledge, sees with equal vision a learned and gentle Brahmana, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and a dog eater. Unquote. That is a learned man, not this degree holder. A degree holder who has no tapasya and no character. Krishna says he is Mayaya Pahrita Gyana. His knowledge is stolen by illusion. Although he has learned so many things, nonetheless, Maya has taken away his knowledge. He's a rascal, he's an animal. This is the perspective of Vedic civilization. Jai. So, we will also read the next chapter because it is quite short. It's entitled Cleansing the Heart. Pushta Krishna. Next question, Shla Prabhupada. Quote What is the role of rituals in religion? Are they to be discouraged? as is being advocated by some reformists, or are they to be encouraged? If so, in what form?" Srila Prabhupada A ritual is a practice based on tapasya, or austerity. 
generally unless one undergoes the ritualistic ceremonies for purification, he remains unclean. But in this age, because it is practically impossible to induce people to take up all these ritualistic processes, both the scripture and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recommend chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. This is the special advantage of this age, that by constant chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, one automatically becomes purified. In his Shikshashtaka, Lord Chaitanya describes the progressive benefits of chanting Hare Krishna. First, Cheto Darpana Marjanam. The beginning is cleansing the heart, because we are impure on account of dirty things within our heart, accumulated lifetime after lifetime in the animalistic way of life. So everything, advancement of spiritual life, culture, tapasya, is meant to cleanse the heart. And in this process of chanting the Maha Mantra, the first installment of benefit is the cleansing of the heart. Cheto Darpana Marjanam. And when the heart is cleansed, then a person becomes eligible for being freed from the clutches of Maya or the materialistic way of life. He understands that he is not this body, that he is a spirit soul, and that his business is therefore different from merely material concerns. He thinks, now I am engaged only in seeking these bodily comforts of life. These are not at all essential, because my body will change. Today, since I am in an American body, I think I have so many duties as an American man. Tomorrow I may be in an American dog's body, and immediately my duty would change. So I can understand that these bodily concerns are not my real business. So my real business is to how, how to elevate myself as a spirit soul to the spiritual world, back to home, back to Godhead. Haribo! Unquote. In this way, the person who chants Hare Krishna purifies his consciousness. Then his materialistic activity is stopped. He knows this is simply a waste of time. I must act spiritually. That is knowledge, which comes from cleansing the heart. The illusion of wrongly working on the basis of the bodily concept of life is overcome simply by the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. This is the first installment of benefit from chanting. And then there is Bhava Mahadavagni Nirvapanam. The process of stopping the blazing fire of material existence. Next, Shriya Kairava Chandrika Vitaranam. His life becomes completely auspicious. 
and Vidyavadu Jivanam. He becomes filled with transcendental knowledge. The next benefit is Anandam Budivardhanam. The ocean of transcendental bliss increases. And Purnamrita Svadhanam. He tastes the nectar of Krishna consciousness at every step of life. In other words, his life becomes totally blissful. Finally, Sarvatmasnapanam param vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam All glories to the Sankirtana movement, the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So this Sankirtana movement is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's gift. And by taking up this chanting, one attains Kevala Bhakti, unalloyed devotion to the Lord. All the benefits of practicing austerities, penances, mystic yoga, and so on will be totally achieved simply by the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. This is stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam 6.1.15. Kechit Kevalaya Bhaktya Vasudeva Parayana Agham Dhunvanti Kartsnena Niharam Eva Bhaskarah. Just as when the sun rises, the all pervading fog immediately disappears. So in this Kali Yuga, by the process of Bhakti Yoga, especially by the chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, all one's sins are eradicated and one becomes fully reformed. In other words, one comes to the spiritual platform and that is success in life. So, thank you so much for tuning in today. The link to this book is in the description. And tomorrow we shall continue with the next chapter called The Process of Purification. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.